recording yesterday a couple episodes and so we're back today and um in the interim i had a show at the rosemont Rosemont. it was more successful than the last one meaning that we had an audience but um i have to reconstruct how i promote and sell these things Mm -hmm. and it's irritating because i have to go and just do the thing that everyone else does and not try something new and then I think I just have to slowly try. Basically, I have to trick people. <laughs> I have to trick people into coming to see a live performance because gays will not do that. What are the methods to trick people that way? So what I'm going to do is we are not going to promote the performances at all. It you is going know. to be we're going to pick a theme. It's oh. going to be a party. And I think I'm going to get a queen. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do non-drag events. I wanted to do non-drag events to give um, something else. In nightlife, other than queens doing mixes and drag suicide, it's just like the same shit every show. And I love it, Mm -hmm. but there's no diversity of experience in nightlife anymore. Yeah. It's all just this because of RuPaul, and I love RuPaul's Drag Race, but we need other things. And the thing is, whenever people do come, Mm -hmm. it's not a matter of the shows are solid. When the people who come and are there having a good time, people were dancing to my music. They were singing along. Uh, like, it's like, and people always come up to me like, oh, we need more of this. We need more of this. And it's like, great. Could you come? Like, I'll I'll do more of this. Yeah. But you have to come to it. Right. right? Yeah. So the, the thing is, I have to catfish people into coming to these events. And the thing I actually honestly think I have to do is book a queen to host it so right. we get a queen audience and then promote it as a party with a theme yeah and then performers are just there yeah and i can't do it as like you know come to see these performers perform because they don't want to yeah when they get there it's fine Mm -hmm. but they're not coming to do that that's yeah i mean even speaking uh you know from someone who i like be i don't well i don't know i know it's different person to person i'm thinking about my schedule my perspective what happens with me in nightlife or whatever I usually am, like, the person who gets a text message. I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll roll up to the thing my friends are at or whatever, and I don't know what's going to happen until I get there kind of thing. Right. So, like, as far as, like, planning and and or if it's, I don't know, I haven't even been to, like, a concert of an artist that I've wanted to see in, like, years or um, planning what movie to see is the most planning that I do whenever I, like, go out probably. Right. So it's interesting in me trying to, re- like, reverse engineer that brain i don't know <laughs> i might not be the market that you're looking for too i know there's another group, like group of people that do nightlife stuff and are right in, like i mean in an ideal world mm-hmm. i wouldn't be doing any of this in nightlife okay. this would be ticketed shows things like at the duplex mm-hmm. things like that's where i want to go i'm just i had thought doing these bar gigs would start to build the audience that then i can like bring to that right you know because i think about um and to a degree, even if it seems you know like a, i don't think there's like a zero sum game gain as far as any of this goes i bet like no. you're still planting seeds it's still so early right. and, I think, and i'm learning how to do things right. and there's and a lot of result orientation where i think all artists are like keen to have their vision 
come to fruition. And you know what's a shame is every time that we meet a new milestone, we our goals grow. And so we don't even realize that we're doing the thing that we wanted to do. Right. Uh, because we are ambitious creatures. Right. But yeah, not to say that we shouldn't have goals, though. So, so I think... So I have to throw it as like a party. So I'm thinking I'm going to do like a, you know, things that appeal to me. So like a 90s throwback party or cool. some sort of thing mm-hmm. that just generates people to come and then sneak in performances. Yeah. And the other thing that's um, counter to this is – so I, I – and I've talked about it before and it's a shame that it all fell apart. But mm-hmm. I tried to you know sort of have this sort of collective of all the musicians, basically like our powers combined. Yeah. We all have different resources. We all have different things. Let's all help each other. Yeah. And that completely fell apart because people are just in it for themselves. And, and as much as I tried, I was the one doing all the work. I was the one doing all the coordination. I was the one getting the shows. And it actually bred resentment. Yeah. A lot of people were just like, who are you? What are you doing this? You know, I've been doing this for 10 years. And I want to be like, oh, you've been doing this for 10 years? This is as far as you've gotten? I yeah. wouldn't feel good about that. Sure. Anyway, sorry. I'm a little bitter about this. But um, yeah. And and then you see shows. like I, So you get that. And then you get artists. And some of them have a lot of interpersonal drama. And then that bleeds into everything. And then suddenly it's like, well, if you perform with him, it's a betrayal to me. Like I had someone last night who was like, oh, someone was really pissed off and they're not talking to me anymore because I'm doing the show with you. And it's like, really? Really? How old are we? Like, really? So... It's it's just a lot, and I have a friend. One of, I mentioned I gave Love and Light either last episode or a couple episodes to go to like friends who have been like boosting me up, and one of them said basically like, "It is nice you're trying to do this for everyone, but don't forget the goal. The goal is you." Yeah, I wonder though. Like it's I uh, the idea of investing in other people in order to kind of have a communal gain. Mm-hmm. I think is so. Um, anxiety ridden for any group of people that I didn't like know since childhood sort of you know what I mean like there's sort of like this thing of like okay we're in New York we all have a common goal it is already inherently true that everyone is here for their own grind right and so my investment into someone else's vision is either because a their vision is something that I also kind of agree with and that I want to come to fruition for themselves and for my own kind of like will for it to be in existence right and uh, but if it's completely not my project, if it's completely absent of my, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatever um, appetite for existence or whatever, I know that my energy is being put towards someone else. And I don't think people, me included, I don't have bandwidth for other investments. So it's like finding collaborators. It just has to be so organic and so like mutually um uh, right. you know, mutually part of the appetite. It's just hard to fucking do. Right. But and I was trying to impress upon these artists, like, look, alone, mm-hmm. each one of us is like completely taken for granted. We are regularly not paid. We're told we can like, oh, but it's for the exposure. And the reason being is because people don't come to see us and they won't. You can't convince a gay man to come see another gay man perform on stage. You can convince them to, if they're a drag queen, you can. But mm-hmm. if they're not a drag queen, you just, they're not interested. So the bars are technically right. But I kind of like, it's almost like a union. I kind of wanted to put people together be like, look, this is, you know, we're going to demand this kind of treatment. We're going to prove we got to do the hard work together and prove that there is an audience. We combine our audiences. We show the bars and venues. Like, yes, between all of us, we have a captive audience. But people get in there like, well, we had a thing where it was like, we're going to share dancers because we all have different dancers. and we're always, It's always hard to find 
dancers. And so I regularly, you know, share with Marcel, and Marcel's always great about this. And there were other people with stuff. I was like, let's do a, a share. Well, I don't want to tell you who I'm working with. Like, it's very precious. Like, oh, well, if you take one of my dancers, then, I, then maybe they don't work for me. And it's just this whole, like, girls, come on. We each perform to tens of people. Can we all get a reality check? I'm, well, I'm a mad, I, you know me, being devil's advocate. I am imagining that anxiety from their perspective. Like, imagine, oh, okay, I've got someone that I collaborate with, and then they kind of grow, outgrow me, perhaps, or whatever. Maybe, but, like, I don't think that people grasp that if we do not all work together, it is highly unlikely any one of us mm-hmm. does well. It's stacked is, against us. Because everyone's an insecure artist. They're like, well, I'm going to be the one whose neck is on the chopping block because oh. I see what they're they're doing. And they're grinding hard and that scares me. And you know, that's funny because that's something my other friends said. They were yeah. like, you know, the reason that you're not getting booked in these things. And he was like, you shouldn't, like in other people's stuff. It's like, you shouldn't take, you should actually take it as a compliment. Because honestly, I think people see you as a threat. That's real. Everyone is an artist that wants, you know, a lot of. Uh, yeah. Everyone's like you. You can't get up there with your. You know, it's funny because, and I, and I know it sounds arrogant, but it's funny. Um, um, this this artist who lost his mind. We did a show together once, and uh, he was like, "Well, I have my dancers up there, and I feel like," and then you get up there with your dancers, and it's like, "Oh, <laughs> well, this is a masterclass," <laughs> like because we we do it, like we like do it. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's a level of sort of like, I I have never been, now, even having said in previous, in a recent episode that like, I don't watch Hollywood produced gay stuff that much because I don't, I don't want it to um, influence, I don't want it to like beat me down and be like, oh, well, if this is happening, why am I doing anything? Right. So I, I do, I do understand that. But on the other hand, I think that's the difference between like me and Hollywood with like millions of dollars. Okay. I'm talking about like, no, I want to work with the rapper who's like elevated because I want to like, how did you do it? Right. How did you get there? But honestly, I'm going to just gonna be frank. I think most gay people, artists operate from scarcity complex. They mm-hmm. feel that there's one chair available and they kick the ladder out from beneath them. Right. Right. And it's gross. And but people who haven't developed a sense of confidence or like a sense of like, oh, I am available mm-hmm. to a potential that I don't think I've tapped into or I am, right. you know, like if I push myself or if I kind of like ask for what I actually want, I can yeah. actually receive it because they've asked and been told no in right. some shape, way or another. We're thing. all told no all the time. All the time. And I, you know, depending on where your wins and losses are, I think that just shapes your worldview on what you are capable of. Right. And it is so fucking scary to be, it's vulnerable to kind of be like, this is actually what I want and what I think I'm willing to put myself out for. Because when it doesn't succeed, you, it's another L and it kind of takes you back sometimes. Oh, I know. Trust me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know. I'm sure that's what ever you just like describing what you're saying about Hollywood productions. That's yeah. what they're thinking about themselves. I'm sure too. Like, wow, I shouldn't mm. even try. What right. the fuck? Right. I've been trying for 10 years and this guy shows up and is able to do this shit. Right. I don't like myself because I'm not doing the thing right. And I try to impress upon like, I want like my vision is like the Muppet show. Yeah. I want it to be the Muppets. I want all of us to have our different because we're all very we do not a lot of us do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's ensemble where you celebrate each other. Yeah, that's what I want, and that's what I wanted to build. And honestly, the the insecurities and the scarcity complexes and the intimidation and like all of that stuff has it's one. Like I can't, I just can't do it. So I have to like abandon that concept mm-hmm. and just go from the aspect of I'm gonna 
hustle, 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 hustle. I'm going to get something for myself and hopefully vicariously it shows to other people that it can be done. So that's the good I'm doing in the world. And if anyone ever asks me for help, I, I give it. But that's it. That's well, all I can do. To show that it can be done, it means that people need to peek behind the curtain and know how many failures and how many rejections there are too. Exactly. And I, you know, um, even hearing other people's failures and rejections whenever they're at a place where they can kind of like be like, hey, through all that, I still succeeded. Right. I'm like, well, great. I hope I get the opportunity that helped you succeed. I hope that comes my way. Like, you know, I understand that bitter fucking artist thing. I've like compromised my grind because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, not everyone gets what they want. So maybe I'm, you know, burning out bec- for a pipe dream. Well, yeah. Oh, tell me about that. Um, uh, I, I got someone recently suggested, well, why don't you start you know, you're obviously very good behind the scenes too. So why don't you just start editing and, you know, producing for like for other people? Why don't you just write for other people who like, you know, have audiences and this and that. And it's like, I mean, I can do that a little bit on the side, but like, so my sole purpose is to be the engine for other people's success. Like I want this for me. Uh, I want this sure. for me. And I'm yeah. not, I'm not ashamed to say it. I would have never said that out loud in the past. Cause I, I always have this constant fear mm-hmm. from being like perceived as arrogant, but no, this is my dream. Like I, I want it now. I'm willing to help people along the way and I'm willing yeah. to, to figure out things along the way. But like, I am not someone who's just going to put the words or music in the mouths of other people. But I wonder though, too, I feel like because that's something that you are so fluid in, or excuse me, fluent, I think is what mm. I would rather say about it. Like fluent about like... Lots of fluids too. Yeah, lots of fluids. But also like just, uh, I think your life experiences are translated to music. Um, I feel like you're always writing something and you're yes. always like another idea is coming to you. Yes. And I think just keeping that muscle stimulated, whether it's for your own project or for someone else, you'll just kind of keep that as a personal expression. And they'll be like... You know, I also wonder, too, if, like, an avenue into your um, visibility could be through, you know, that kind of collaboration kind of thing. Right. So what it makes me think of is that there's a comedian, uh, Julio Torres, who was talking about, like, he wanted to write for TV. And so he went to film school and tried to, like, do really good at film school. Right. And then he realized, oh, my God, being good in school does not mean you're going to get a job. Yep. And so he realized the actual avenue or the more maybe visible avenue into getting into writer's rooms for television is to be a stand-up comedian in a big city and kind of like do, you know, make a mark there and just make personal connections with other comedians, do something different that's like working. And so he has that really weird, like, I want to say say stick brand, whatever you want to call it, but he has his own, you know, unique comedy and it worked like it, that's his Avenue. But he talks about formulating that plan from realizing like, Oh, okay. The first plan of doing good in school and trying to like, you know, do something that seems traditional. That's not how creative, uh, markets work. And so just being more visible and being, you know, uh, the avenue of being a stand-up comedian was actually the thing. It didn't take any college, it didn't take any whatever. It just took this other th- route. Mm-hmm. I wonder sometimes if like the production stuff is just like, I don't know. I'm just like spitballing that there are no, no, so many sure. ways to kind of like. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not someone who's like closing himself out to like collaborate. I mean, I collaborate all the time. I reach out yeah. to people all the oh time God, and attempt sure. to do that. It's difficult because mm-hmm. people want to do it on their own, yada yada. Well, I mean, slowly some things are starting like. Ebro, former guest on the podcast, yeah. um, asked me to edit his music video mm-hmm. because the person he hired to do it couldn't do it right. because they they overpromised and underdelivered. Mm-hmm. And it's an 
FX heavy. I'm talking every frame of that four minute video is graphic effects, graphic effects. It's green screen and masking and it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And so like I, I charged a pretty penny for it because I was like, look, this is going to take weeks mm-hmm. and I've got to learn some skills that I don't currently have in order oh. to like figure it out. But I will figure it out. Yeah. And I did. And I'm very proud of it. Nice. It's 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 an it's an FX masterpiece for me. Mm-hmm. It's a huge upgrade in what I was doing. And so it's like, okay. No, is this mine? No, but what did it do? One, I have tons of new skills yeah. for me now. I yeah. really shortcutted some stuff. I made some money that I can put towards my own stuff. And this morning he reached out and he was like, look, I love the editing. I think I need you like on set. Like, can I hire you as a oh, director? Nice. And I'm like, nice. well, there's more opportunities. Yeah. And maybe, and I love directing and i love conceptualizing and and i love it like i do love the back end stuff right i just wouldn't want to sacrifice all of that and then like turn around in five years and be like great i'm a no-name behind the scenes person that people trust and respect and give me money but like i still can't get anybody to listen to the shit that i do so that would be very depressing Hmm. so i think it's just about finding a balance anyway hi if you're gay and you're listening to this i behoove you to go to people's shows Mm -hmm. go Especially if they're your friends. Behoove means I ask you. I, I, I beg of you. It <laughs> behooves you. you. No, no. It, beho- it, oh, wait, it, no. it is to your benefit. I beho- it be- uh, behoove. Yes. Okay, learning vocabulary. Let me Google it right now because it's one of those words that I use all the time and I don't know if I've actually ever looked up the standard It definition. behooves you? Is that how it's used? It is a duty or responsibility for someone to do something. It is incumbent on. It's a behoove. It behooves any coach to study his predecessors. It behooves. It'll behoove the opposition constantly. Okay, I hate that example. So yeah, it's a duty or responsibility. It is your responsibility as a queer person to help support other queer people. And yeah. one of the ways that you do that is you go to their fucking shows. Mm-hmm. You go and you provide an audience or you follow them on Instagram or you like their stuff. All of that stuff helps them, you know, rise to the top. And the more, as we know, representation matters, especially in a time when the conservatives have this this huge motivation to curtail all of our gains that we've like this Roe v. Wade shit we're next we're next so what helps is being constantly in the public eye achieving you know Michelle Obama credits getting gay marriage passed to the existence of will and grace Mm. we were in everyone's homes people knew who we were and so when you told the American public well gays are this and gays are this they thought well not my will and not my jack I love my Will and my Jack. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work. Mm -hmm. They couldn't villainize people that they saw in media and on television and said, oh, no, this doesn't make sense. I love these people. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to do. We have to be in music. We have to be in movies. We have to be live performers. We have to be everywhere so that when the conservatives try to villainize us, people know from personal experience it's a load of shit. Mm -hmm. So if you want to help the cause, if you want to help queer people succeed, if you want – it all behooves (laughs) – you to go support queer artists so go do some shit do Mm. the work and it's fucking fun like everyone just come out and have fun and it is that's the thing you have this like this like reticence to do it and then you go and you have a great time because you're with your fam doing fun stuff and especially my shows like i also think too many DJs and drag queens have let their like friends perform at places and it hasn't been 
great. And I think there is sort of like when people hear like, oh, there's a independent queer singer, people are like, oh, oh is it going to be? Oh, yeah. Is it? A, oh, my God. Off key. And I am fierce. And I'm at the club fierce. And I'm bad. I not. Okay. Because that exists, I also have to say, well, I've been to a queer open That's mic. That's by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I was just debuting it. I've you. been to a couple of queer open mics and right. the diversity of like, oh my God, this person's really popping off and doing great. And this person's got a ukulele and I want to, my ears are bleeding. And like, it's all of the above, but I sort of live for all of it. I don't know. Yeah. Just saying, but I'm, as far as like what it, it usually is, it's, it's not always that. It's, no. so everyone comes with a different thing. So just like, you know. It's like what surprises in this Apple Jacks box or whatever. Like, just check it out. Well, now I'm hungry for Apple Jacks. Mm. So I'm going to go find some during this break. I still don't have love in my life, JJ. Um, so it's time to find it. Is, uh, you know, we're, we're circling the methods over and over again because every day is a new day. Every day is a winding road. Every day, every day is a winding road, and down this road, there. We're be just love. everyday people. There'll be love. There will be. That's the other thing too. I. She will be loved. Oh, and you want to want to roll your eyes really hard at something I'm about to say. Let me prepare. Yeah. Okay. Get okay. ready. Stretch them. Stretch them. Stretch them. The eye socket. Okay. The again, the way that worldview changes just when one variable changes. Now that I'm in a relationship, I'm like, well, no, duh. Like, good things are gonna happen in the romance department. Like, that's just like, be patient, la 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 la. Like, now that it's easy for me to say, it's um, it's just so available in my back pocket to just. I don't know. My advice usually is like, I don't know, be patient. That's <laughs> so fucking stupid, though. I have to say, though, JJ, I'm extremely proud of you. Oh. Because we've been now together for like an hour and a half. Oh, God. And this is the first time you've mentioned you're in a relationship. Oh, well, you know. You know, I'm, I'm learning. I'm getting better. <laughs> See, that's the other thing. Positivity. Oh, we sorry. all get better. Happy four month whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I hope you get all the gifts you wanted. That's um, right. Today is four months of knowing each other. Tomorrow is three months of dating. All right. Yeah. No, I got it backwards. Holy shit. Today is uh, three months of dating. Tomorrow is four months of knowing each other. Yeah. Is dating like... He asked me to be his boyfriend. Right. That's like a couple, not like the first date. No. No. Yeah, no. Because we, I guess like... Yeah, the first one was me going home with him at a bar. So that's like a hookup. I don't know if that counts. That's not really a date. Although we did talk a lot. Yeah. So the real date was uh, during a snow day going over to his place for hot toddies. Yes, I remember that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, who, what 20-whatever-old drinks hot toddies? He, okay, his bar drink, his bar order is a gin and tonic. Oh, that's fine. Is it? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I dated a Brit for a long time, and they loved That's what I'm saying. Tonic, so. Like, well, and he lived in London for a little bit, well, yeah. so it's that kind of thing. And he likes tea more than coffee. Anyway. Yeah, okay, that's a, that's a, you know, he was in London. That's fine. But it's, it's good because, well, and he's Colombian and white passing, but if he had gone to Japan and come back with all, like, the Japanese habits, I feel like it would have been, like, a little, hmm. But, you know what I mean? Like, why is that different? My, um, white, um, white versus not white. (laughs) Right, Um, exactly. My, my, uh, my order at the bar now is a Diet Coke because I'm, my medicine has been less effective lately and I'm wondering if it's because I started drinking again. Oh. And it's a counterbalance. I, JJ, I don't think I can do anything anymore. I, I don't think I can drink, and I don't think I... I certainly can't do weed. Um, I think I'm done. Really? I think I have to be done for my mental health. Sober, sober, sober. I think I have to. Well, 
I, I mean, how do you feel about that? Mildly annoyed. Like, listen, I will have a cocktail on a special occasion. Like, I'll be able to deal with it there. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've been more down lately and the racing thoughts and the things that it used to be. And I talked to my secretary. We had a, a check-in with my psychiatrist, And I'm like, I feel like I'm losing the good stuff that was happening. I feel like it's going. I don't think it's working anymore. She was like, well, I don't think it's not working. I think it's being challenged by exterior forces for the first time. So we'll like adjust this a little bit. We'll adjust this a little bit. And, I, and I've recently thought about, you know what? What's different is I didn't drink for the first month of doing it or drink very much because I just wanted – I didn't – I didn't want to fuck with it. Yeah. Just like let's just – because I've never taken anything like that before. Right. Um, and then I started, you know, I've had a lot of wine lately, you know. And now I've on – I'm trying to slim down for the shoot, uh, you know, in like a – week mm-hmm. uh two weeks so i've just been like okay we're not gonna drink much and yeah not gonna order seamless and this and that and i'm now, now using this period of like let's see if it improves and if it's the alcohol that's the thing mm. <sighs> yeah it sucks but you know what sucks more before you go to bed laying down your brain going you know you should kill yourself yeah so like i don't want that anymore right so uh i'll not drink it looks like improvement right because those thoughts haven't happened in a very long time. And then one slipped through the other day just randomly out of nowhere. Which, you know what? I'm, fuck the, the swiping. I want to talk about this. Oh, let's do it. So I would occasionally have those kind of thoughts. And never never plan. And that's something they always ask you when you tell a psychiatrist about this. Like, do you have a plan? Uh, or is this a thought that comes up? I was like, no, there's never been a plan. Okay. Like, occasionally there's been sort of like who will take care of Maxie. But like not like how is it going to happen? Well, uh, yeah. um, and she's like, okay. Because those are different things. In psychologist talks, like those are different things, mm. and she was like, "Okay," and um, um, I like my whole history with that when they would pop up, is I would get so critical of myself, like you fucking drama queen. Oh, you're gonna kill yourself. Yeah, get over your fucking self. Like right. I would be very critical about having those thoughts, like you whiny little whatever. Because I mean, there is we've talked about him a lot without saying his name, but there is an artist who weaponizes that like anytime you talk to him and about something he went through it's like I almost killed myself over that I'm, and like seriously I almost I was close to suicide and blah 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 and like it's like they got my sandwich order wrong at such and such I was so close to it and now you got it and it's just like I'm sorry this is going to seem really harsh and I'm really doing it for comedy but at a certain point you're like you know what just please <laughs> just oh, go man. ahead buddy like I can't hear about this anymore um because it's not a real cry for help it's a cry for attention and so I would think of myself that way and just be like, Jack, you're so fucking stupid. No, I think whatever. I, yeah. But then I saw Gabrielle Union mm-hmm. talk about her struggles with it on The View. Mm. And when she said it and described it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm not crazy. When, oh, well, this happens same, to other people. Same exact, same exact Where it's, it's, it's not like you're, like, wallowing and whatever. And sometimes it's why you're sad. But it's literally like... You're walking around doing your business. You're making food. You're whatever, whatever. And your brain just is like, oh, you have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And maybe kill yourself. And you're like, the fuck was that? Yeah, like maybe life is not enough for me. Right. It just like, like comes out. It's just like, right it's just now. like, it's like, oh, this is on the table. Yeah. And it's just this random thought. It's your voice. It's like, not some like schizophrenic thing. It's like no. your interior voice. But it's like, why did we go there? Yeah. For whatever reason, life is not right. enough. And that's what, that's suicidal ideation right. is what that is. And so when I heard about her struggles with it and how she like, you know, got to manage it or whatever, I was like, oh, 
I'm not a drama queen mm-hmm. and I'm not planning anything. This is a thing. This is like a, a, a brain chemical thing. Right. This is a brain chemical thing. And so it, it was one of the things that led me to, to go on something. Uh, it was mostly that, that and impulse control. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't, one of those popped in just once mm-hmm. randomly and I completely, I immediately recognized it as like, Oh, you again? Oh, fuck you. You uh-huh. know, like, ugh, not this again. Yeah. And so I like was like, okay, let's stop drinking and see if that changes it. That, that's step right. one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And A, I mean, as a person who does drink and does drugs, <laughs> I um, recognize that, like, it's sort of, and I'll have a cigarette every once in a while, too. It's mostly the social aspect. Like, I think those mm-hmm. conversations are always stuff that I like to keep as much as I can whenever I'm drunk. Um, And like, I don't know, there's some kind of bonds forged and that social thing is what I think is the reason that I do any of that. Like I don't drink alone. I don't like, see, I only drink alone. I occasionally will smoke weed by myself because I also like think it, it relieves some of like the uh, apprehension that I have about creative ideas. And then I just go ahead and like try to write them down and like, actually like I can get one track minded about creative, creative things. Um, so smoking weed alone is like the only thing that I do recreationally uh, with my own agenda, but everything else is sort of like, Oh, let me, it's the social lubrication of it all. Like it's the, you know, the conversation that's not happening at the table with everyone around. It's just the one that we are having outside with a cigarette. Like that's what I love about them all. Interesting. So mine, I, and I want to be clear about this so people aren't that worried about me, but like I do drink alone most of the time, but it's not like, I, I can't tell you the last time I've been drunk. Really? Like I don't get, I don't. I don't put, I, I am fortunate. This is not a judgment on other people. Other people have, you know, it's genetic, there's issues, but I am fortunate that like, I can just be like, all right, three and done. No, my, and this is what's the problem. My appetite for the potential of a social bond or of a potential of a memory that'll be maybe like fun to talk about mm -hmm. for a while or maybe ever or whatever. If I'm doing a drinking game or whatever, or if someone just kind of buys a shot, I'll take it. Like, that's kind of like my inhibitions go down after two drinks anyway, and then I'll keep going. I mean, I know, like, whenever I'm feeling drunk, I'm like, okay, nope, pumping the yep. brakes most of the time. Yeah. And sometimes yeah, I, I don't forget, or I, you know, whatever. But, but I, I'm fortunate that I don't have an addiction issue with that. So I can just be like, no, I don't need any more. And if someone comes with a shot, if I don't want to, sh- I rarely ever take a shot. But if I don't want a shot, I'm just like, no, thank you. Like, I, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, not subject to peer pressure. And I don't have, a, fortunately, an addiction problem where I can't stop myself from more. Yeah. So I'm fortunate in that. For me, but for me. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's. Glass of wine in the bathtub. I need to turn my brain off and just relax. Oh, that's for me. It's lovely. like relaxing. Mm. If I have a glass of wine here at home alone, it's I want to watch TV. I want to put down the computer. I, I have a glass of wine include, in my hand. Yeah, wine is like dinner for me too, though. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes if it's a, well, if I'm out, yeah, true. a glass of wine. I'll rarely have a glass of wine with like dinner I make at home, but I, I used to. Yeah. Um. So it's that it's I don't really keep liquor in the. I mean, I have gin, but like I don't really keep liquor in the house anymore. I'm never like making myself like. How long has the um dis- dis- d- decision to try cutting it out and seeing if that's the- only a couple days? Only a couple days. Because I had a show. The last time I had a show, I had I was like, I t- no, I went out with um, a guy I was dating. We went to a trivia thing, and I had a couple beers and played darts. Um, surprisingly good at darts. Didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. New skill. Yeah. Nice. Um, nice. they ever thought I because I was like, oh, I've never you know I haven't done this in 18 years or whatever, and then I was really good, and they were like, are you like? 
are you like sharking us? <laughs> like, there's no money involved in yeah. this. And I'm like, I'm literally just like trying to hit the board. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not, yeah. You know, nice. like, whatever. But anyway, um, um, so I had a bunch of beers and I was like, God damn it, you told yourself you weren't going to do this. So now I've been very good. Okay. Like, last night I had that show and I was at a bar the whole time and dealing with issues and I did not go for the drink. I was like, nope, Diet Coke. Yeah. And that's always nice because uh, if you're running the event and you're just ordering soda, they don't charge you. Mm-hmm. They're just like, it's Diet Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is always nice of them. Apparently, the uh, host at the show I was at, the the, the host, the, the the bartender was someone from Dragula. Cute. Do you know? No. Okay. And there was a. I didn't know because I didn't watch Dragula. And then someone came in to visit who was also from Dragula. Ah. M- Mary. Mary some- Cherry. Yes. Oh fuck yeah, Mary Cherry's amazing. Well, as soon as we started singing, she walked out. <laughs> oh well, bye, Mary. <laughs> Thanks for your support. But um, uh, no, the the bartender was 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 lovely and and happy and uh, supportive. Um, I love that. And yeah, but, but, uh, yeah, if, if I, so I was giving up in the beginning, I gave up alcohol for a while. One weight loss, two, um, um, don't want to fuck with the meds. Three, nearly everything I do these days and the hallmark of an old person is what kind of sleep am I going to get tonight? Oh yeah. I prioritize the value of my sleep Mm -hmm. and you don't realize it until you get a hard contrast so last two nights Mm -hmm. no drinking at all nothing not a glass of wine nothing went to bed woke up i was like i had just had the deepest great sleep i've had in a long time that is oh i need this that's a wisdom that i sometimes have and sometimes i blatantly ignore out of uh, revenge procrastination habits. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. I, do, I definitely do that. I do that. I was doing that the other night where I realized, like, I fully am going to... There will be consequences tomorrow. Like, I know this mm-hmm. means that I will not be in the mood for this. I will have less But patience. it is important for your mental health to have a piece... If you've been busy all day, mm-hmm. to have just some piece of your day that was just for you, it's important and it's worth a little bit of sacrifice. It was so much so that I was like, do I... I'm going to stay up and maybe with this time figure out how to get out of obligations tomorrow. Like I was like, can I call out of work tomorrow? Like I was, you know, mm. I don't know. Like and that, you should if you need to. I yeah, I wish it I wish that food service jobs you had PT like uh personal days and stuff or whatever, but it's not really I don't know. There's not like a it's not in place, like it's not a normal thing. You have to call out and uh, well, I, here's another stance I took is I have to be honest. So I don't tell them that I'm sick when I'm not, or I don't tell them I have a family emergency when I don't. I just, right. I tell them. Yeah, I don't like that. It's icky. No, it is. And it gave me a lot of anxiety to be like, hey, uh, I know that, you know, I appreciate being employed by you, but obviously I'm taking another priority right now. And it's this creative endeavor that I'm in. Right. Um, and I'm not going to show up to work because of a creative endeavor. And that gave me so much anxiety to be honest about with them. Yeah. And thank goodness they received it well because I think. Well, it's I, also New York. Right. Everyone, the most people in the service industry are, are, you know, doing it between you know other gigs. So it's like, true. I just resented the fact that at 27, I was thinking about telling them that I had an itchy throat or something. I'm like, this is dumb. I don't want to fucking pretend to be. Da, 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 da. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm sick. I'm sick. Boo you whore. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I am. Oh, like you know, I just want to be past that. That's like a weird hill for me to die on because everyone was like, you know, it'd be easier though, right? I'm like. Yes, but I'm going to endure this anxiety now because, I don't know, principles. I don't know, principles. Well, I'm going to go get back in touch with my principles during this break, and we will be right back with a special guest.
you know, it is very close to our anniversary, if not our exact anniversary for doing Dying Alone together. Ah! And so I thought for the anniversary, it would make sense to bring back our very first guest. Oh my God. And what a guest they are. So, and, and, and something that, that, Whenever I talk about this person in New York City nightlife, like I bring up like, oh, I did this with this person. The thing that every single person says, and it, without, a, without a hitch every single time, oh my God, that is the nicest person in nightlife. Yes. Always so sweet. Always yes. so kind. So responsive. Like love working with that person. Such good. This person has such goodwill it, everywhere they go. It's so disarming that I'm still, like I'm playing it cool, by the way. And I'm gagged every time that we get to interact and, yeah. and collaborate on things because it's just, it's. Iconic. Well, if you haven't guessed already, this summer, uh, this person will be opening for Bianca Del Rio in Tel Aviv and then be on her Europe tour performing the new show Potty Mouth all over, uh, doing the Baltic cruise for Atlantis, and then in August performing Golden Girls Live in Los Angeles. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the podcast, Sherry Vine. Sherry! Hi! <laughs> so nice to hear you again. It's been a while. It has been a long while, but I've been following you with your sexy videos. Ooh. Sexy videos. Yeah. Um really fun. I love that you are so um you're a workaholic. You're a, you're a worker bee like I am and I love that. Yep. I idle hands spend time with the genitals, so. <laughs> uh, totally. That's what mom always used to say. Oh, God. <laughs> so you, and speaking of people who are busy, I have been watching you. You're touring all over. I mean, your your post-pandemic release has certainly been uh, very fruitful. Um, uh, tell me about tell me about playing these like big crazy venues. Oh, it's been look. I've been really lucky and. You know, everybody was kind of like, ooh, what's it going to be like? Is it going to ever kind of get back to being crazy busy again? And it has. So knock on wood. Mm. I'm so happy. And um, I literally just got back from Europe doing a bunch of shows that were slated for April 2020. So it's like wow, two years later, I finally did those wow. shows. And um that was really, really fun and exciting. And so, yeah, I'm like booked solid through Labor Day. So hallelujah. Booked and blessed. Yeah. Are any of those dates back in New York? Are we going to get you back here? I'm in New York one night in July doing Potty Mouth, which is my new show. It's like uh, I worked really hard for 2020 to create Hollywood and Vine, which was a solo show where I kind of turned the volume up on the production value. It had costume changes, really gorgeous, gorgeous costumes and video and did a little Shirley Bassey in quotes impersonations. I was just kind of like turned the volume up. It was still me singing about Dick, but <laughs> I turned the volume up on the production value and it was really, really great. Potty Mouth is not as, uh, high like that i just it is a new show i'm doing an east coast tour and a couple other gigs of it and then in the beginning of 2023 i'm going to have like a brand new high and high fantasy show awesome i'm excited Ooh. to see it yeah not to downplay potty mouth it's going to be super fun but yeah 
Yeah, just awesome. so much on the horizon. Well, I will I will be in attendance. Um, you know, I only do New York like once a year. Last year I was supposed to do Bordeaux and that was canceled because it was like the the beginning of the Omicron right. panic. And it was really like, uh So hopefully we'll get to do Bordeaux this year. But I only did one show last year in New York and I'm only doing one this whole year. So I hope people will come. Oh, I am sure people will come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will be one of them. Um, so we, last time you were here, we tried something. I don't think we've ever done it again. We did a, a, a judge litigation. We had our friend Ben on doing sort of an am I the asshole. That was so fun. Uh, yeah, but you 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 need someone like Sherry. To, you need a, a professional who can like, that requires some work. Yes. So we thought we'd give you a break today, Sherry. And so we're going to do one of our favorites, which is Best Worst. Yeah. You have chosen Hookups, which we have done before. So JJ and I have had to like go back to the well and think of something we haven't talked about. And I'm... we're slutty enough that it didn't take too long. We no, it did not take too long. I have p- plenty of bad ones to talk about. Um, <laughs> I want to um... hear, I want to hear, I want to hear. Right, so sh- <laughs> Sherry, why don't we like we like our guest ladies first? So um, whichever one you would like to do first, best or worst, you can uh, lead it off, and we'll we'll circle around. I mean, I've had lots. I would say, like in the hookup category, I would say the bad hookups probably outweigh the really good ones. <laughs> but oh. you know, um, I don't know if. It was the worst for several reasons. I'll tell you the whole story. I was like the late 90s, and I was at this bar called Champs, which is no longer in New York. And it was kind of a sports-themed, which is always, in, I think, kind of not my type of gay bar. Was it a Was it a chain? No, it was a gay bar, though? No, it was not a chain. It had like a boxing ring in the room so anyway it but it was they would have like drag mud wrestling so it was really hell i remember mud wrestling once i think with head of lettuce that was hilarious so that's amazing (laughs) i am there one night out of drag i go into the bathroom and this and i'm peeing in a stall and this guy literally throws the door open and pushes me against the wall and starts eating my ass and um and i'm like oh okay what's going on and he's like, let's go. I'm in the hotel around the corner. I'm like, okay, great. So cute. And I was like, very, he was very aggressive. I was like, let's go. So we go, we get to this hotel. We take our clothes off. We're in bed, we're fooling around. And he's like, I want you to fart in my face. <laughs> oh, no. Surprise. I start laughing and I'm like, what? And he's like, I want you to fart in my face. I'm like, no, first of all, I don't know if I can on command. And two, that's not something that I'm into. Why would you not bring that up before? Mm. So I put my clothes on and went back to champs. Wow. So I don't know if that wow. was the worst, but it was certainly the most like, what the fuck? So, all right. Several, I know. several thoughts. One, the uh, for me, the reason that he didn't do it before is he wanted, and I found this in multiple situations, he wanted the pr- the pressure and the the leverage of already being naked, already being in bed, you've already come so that to the place. So it's like, 
well, while I'm here, you know, like I'm already, I'm already here. So I guess I should like, do you think he was obligating? I think there is a different. Manipulatively. Yes. There is a certain level of manipulate. There's, there's, let's have a discussion before we go and decide to do this together. Like you don't get to say no if you're already naked. But if, yeah, That's I think, the, it, I think it, it felt. Yeah, it was probably really easy he had more to It was really easy. Good, good. <laughs> Hell yeah. I think it would be like, but that's like, he knows that that's going to be a hard pass for most people. Right. So it's like, let's just, you know, try to, you know, get the door open already. So the other thing I would be worried about in this situation is even if you can fart on command, uh, how can you be sure? Uh-oh. Not a that's show. all going to be. Right. Dear God, but maybe like, and also is, I I don't know anything about the kink particularly, and maybe it's different person to person, but it sounds like in the face, especially that's, is that a humiliation thing? Like, can I just humiliate you some other way? Maybe really aggressive. So I don't think, cause I've been with guys who want to be humiliated. And again, that is not my thing at all. Right. Um, and usually it's straight guys that want to be humiliated. But um, it, no, he was very aggressive. And so I didn't get that vibe. Interesting. I guess maybe it's just something else. Like a chemical, I don't know. I don't know. Can't really diagnose a kink or whatever. whatever. I don't know, but I couldn't stop laughing. And I did leave thinking this is going to be a great story. This one's going in the Rolodex. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, no words. No, exactly. Like I'm at a loss. I'm like, well, I hope that person's doing well, getting farted in the face as much as they want now. Yeah, I can't think of anybody who had. Uh, I did have somebody. We didn't hook up, so it can't count for the story. But um, he was a porn, uh, porn actor. No, I think escort. I think he was an escort, and we hooked. We like talked on Grinder or something. He had a. Is will be a a common point in my stories. He had a massive cock and I was like so excited for it. And uh, we were at dinner and he was said something about going back to his place. I was like, well, yes, but we are out for Mexican. So I'm going to need a little time uh, to make sure I am fully ready. And he was like, or not. Oh no, sorry. And I was like, hmm? and he was like, and he said the word, <sighs> oh, we've talked about this with Matt early in the earlier podcast, but he said the words to me, I love a dirty hole. No. I'm and sorry. I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. No, ma'am. A big, big no. No, ma'am. All right. So, my worst, um, I have so many bad ones. I, I don't know if we can say this is like the worst, but it, it is quite memorable. So, it was a guy that, like, um, it was one of those things where, like, I I feel like my phone betrays me or, or like, the different apps talk to each other because I like matched him on like six different things. Mm-hmm. It was like we swiped on OkCupid, and then he showed up on my Tinder, and there he was on Grinder. Like my phone was like recommended friend on Facebook, like that whole thing. R- right, right. He was like fucking everywhere, and uh, generally my type. He was like a scruffy ginger. Through the Grinder discussion, seemed as if he had a nice package. Was a top. It was all the things that I wanted, and I was like, sure, this sounds fun. And it was even with this like, he was a bit. F- <sighs> You know what? I may have talked about this. It's fine. I, I, I forget it. So probably our listeners do too. But it was one of those things where it was like, oh, maybe, maybe, and maybe afterward, like, we'll either become, it just felt like there maybe, maybe there'll be a little bit more of a connection after this, but yeah. we're going to start with having sex. Yeah. And he did one of those things. He saw on my Instagram that I was a, an artist and he was doing like, while we we're on, he was on his cab ride over. He was like, um, 
am I going to be like being sarcastic? Am I going to be able to get through your throngs of fans before I get to your door? And I'm just like, don't, don't do that. Okay, like, that's yeah. not cute. Like, I get it. You think this is silly, but shut up. Yeah. Um, just, and at that point, like my brain's like, okay, just bring your dick over and I'm not going to talk to you again. Fine. <laughs> he comes over and he wants to get hot pot to be clear. He wants to smoke pot and he has a bowl and I'm like, that's fine. And I was like, I don't usually, I don't like to smoke, but I do like during sex to get shotgunned. I think that's really hot. So I was like, you can do that. This man just, just littering, littering pot leaves all over my bed. So like you feel that like, like, like if, um, like if the sheets are dirty and you feel like grimy. So he's like griming up my sheet because he's not being careful. Oh, okay. So I was like, like deliberately, it's going everywhere. like Parmesan cheesing. The, the no, he's just okay. like talking and like gesticulating and it's like flying everywhere. Oh, and I'm no. trying to like brush it off the bed or whatever as he's doing. He's like totally not aware. Mm-hmm. Then he lights it and smokes, shotguns me, and then puts his arm around me with the hot bowl in his hand and starts burning me. Oh, dummy. So I'm just like, ow, ow, stop, stop, stop. So it was just these constant things of just like, ew, and now my bed sheets are dirty and he's burning me. And he had this weird attitude about him where he, it was just, it was just everything was an assault on my senses. Mm. And it finally came to the point where I was just like, can you just leave? Oh no. And he was like, what? I was like, I'm just really not feeling it. Ah, I've never asked, I've never I felt the impulse, but never asked someone to leave before. I've done it a couple of times. Uh, some, someone who, who, um, didn't look like their pictures and like knew it. So that like they, they, they set up this whole thing. I was like, I just want to come in and find you. And I'm Did, like, okay. Yikes. Cause I like that sometimes. And so he comes in and like quickly disrobes and is like getting on it. And I'd be like, wait, 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 wait. Yo. Hold on. You ain't, you ain't the pictures I saw. Buddy. Oh my that God. That ain't you. That ain't you. But anyway, so I sent him home and then he's in his cab ride on the way home and he texts me, hey, I had a really great time. Let me know when we can do it again. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Whoa. That's interesting. He was very high. <laughs> yeah. No self-awareness. That might be it too. Whoa, drugs. And he continues, he continues to this day to like woof me on things and swipe me on things. And it's like, never again. Yeah. I have a couple people who don't know how to read cues. And it's not even cues. It's me saying no thank you. So what's a bad one for you? A bad one for me... The whole situation was that it was my first restaurant job in New York City, and I would be on scruff at work when I was bored. And so it was someone that lived nearby the restaurant. It was in the East Village. And um, so, yeah, it was the kind of thing of like, hey, come over after your shift and whatever. And I went over to his place. He lived alone in this gorgeous, like, uh, ground-level apartment that went into the basement. And it was really well-decorated and, like, great taste. I think he did the renovations. So he was, you know interested in that much oh hey and um but it was like good taste was the personality of this person because everything else was void of personality it was like Mm. beady eyed kind of staring with no movement like i just felt like he's dead behind the eyes like a kardashian yes but somehow i felt like his movements were so deliberate in particular like if he didn't have to move he wouldn't and like if he's alone in that apartment he's he was an android i fully got that vibe entirely and i mean he was hot obviously we did connected on scruff and he was like this muscly daddy dude with tattoos and stuff and um, it was just the most clinical blowjob I've ever had in my entire life. Like, I lied. And we have an episode title. <laughs> clinical blowjobs with Sherry Vine. I lied on my back. And he just, like, he's like, I'll take care of this. And I was just, like, my skin's crawling and my eyebrows can't help it. I'm making a face. I'm like, what 
is this treatment that I'm getting right now? Like, I, like, that was, and again, that's not, like, the worst story. It's not, like, scary or terrible or whatever. It was just, like, creepy and a little skin crawly. And he wanted to hang out more afterwards, but I was like, I'm sorry, this did not very much for me. Because I like a warm, personable fucking. Warm, personable fucking. Yes. That's sweet. I do, too. Yeah, right? Like, it's just, it was so clinical, but they had, like, personality over text message. And so I was like, this will be fine. That happens a lot, though. And it was very much like, let me ask you questions, and then does not contribute to conversation. Just stares at me with eyes that are just, like, nothing going on. Eek. All right, let's let's bring it around. Sherry, give us a good one. Okay. Hmm. Well, I did have what I thought was going to be a hookup turn into like a long-term relationship. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It was cute. Um, I had a really fun one. It was with this guy who identifies as straight and we would hook up if I was in drag. And I mean, he was super cute, like 26. 728 at the time and so you know younger and just super 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 cute and a lot of fun like pretty much everything was on the menu even though he was straight <laughs> really really fun we had hooked even up- farting not, <laughs> not farting we had hooked up a couple times and then i was at therapy doing a show and i get this text and i just kind of glanced at the phone and i thought it said will you dress me up as a girl and I was like, ugh, it always comes to this with these straight guys. They all want to get dressed up. So I was like, wow. yeah, I guess I can dress you up. And then he's like, what? And I read his message again and it said, can I come over? I'm with a girl. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, I got nervous and, you know, after being a whore for so long, there's not many things that make me nervous. And I was like, oh my God, um, yeah, okay. And I go home and I'm literally freaking out, like so nervous. I mean, I had been with girls, but not since high school. Yeah, wow. And I'm in drag, okay? So in my mind, I'm like, what am I doing? What's going to happen? All right, let's just go with it. Just go with it. It'll be a new experience. They come over and she's gorgeous also. So I'm like, okay. And I was like, I was kind of like, hey, hi, like wanting to chat. And they're like, close off on my bed at it. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to watch. This is fine if I just watch. So I'm sitting there on the side of the bed watching. And I'm so, it's so incredibly hot. I'm so kind of turned on that I'm just like, this is fine. And then they're like, take your clothes off. Come on. I'm like, um, okay. And then all of a sudden we're like at it and in my head, like I had had sex with girls, but I had never gone down on a girl. So in my head, I was just like, I can do anything except that. Right. Mm. And somehow things evolve and he is like fucking me doggy style. And she is sitting in front of me and he pushes my wigged head <laughs> down and in my head I'm like ah! and all of a sudden I'm just like you know down there eating her pussy and I was like oh this is not so bad this is okay yeah. and it was just like so surreal and I mean it was really fun I don't think I need to do it again but it certainly wasn't anything like what 
gay men kind of, I think it's going to be. Um, it was fine. Mm-hmm. But the whole experience was super hot. Like, I was like, I've never had a three with two men ever. Like, I mean, I've blown like two guys at the same time, but I've never had like a full on three way with two men ever. And I'm very, I'm a whore, but very vanilla. And so this was kind of like a really fun story. And it's given me a lot of material on stage in the show. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. The the most surprising thing out of all of, I mean, our stories are now going to pale in comparison. But uh, the most surprising thing for me is like, I understand, I can like visualize and like, oh, I know, I know who this guy is. Mm -hmm. Who is this girl? Oh, right. Who is this girl that like. What a queen. Hooking yeah. up with a with with a guy and a drag queen at the same time and just feeling very I know very... like what what a what a unicorn. Yeah, I guess they hook up. They weren't a couple like boyfriend girlfriend, but they hook up. And I guess she was just like whatever and I think part of her also is like wanted to see him having like quote unquote, you know, gay sex sex with a man cuz drag mm-hmm. queen. I mean, um so yeah, the whole thing was like I did not fuck her it was pretty mm, much right. me fucking him him fucking me and then me eating her and then him fucking her whatever but uh it was cr- crazy wow mm. yeah mine's super vanilla compared to that i mean go for it so mine it, it's unfortunately a bad not a bad ending but like a an annoying ending which was this was a guy that has been on my like scruff radar for years yeah we always talk we always unlock we always chat but like i we don't live close to each other in the in new york but like he it's very far Mm -hmm. like and we had made arrangements to hook up we had made arrangements to like go out for a drink like several times and every time he canceled right before Mm. so i just stopped i was like i'm not no i'm not i'm not doing this yeah show me who you are you're not serious whatever and he would like reach out occasionally. I'd be like, look, you've canceled many times. Like, I-, I think you're super hot, but like, and he was this, he was a tall, muscly daddy with like a monster fucking dick that mm. I really wanted. I wanted it so bad. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but it was just like, I'm, you're not wasting my time. Cause I, I, you know, carve out time. I'm a busy person. I make this time for you. And then you cancel right before. Yeah. And then he regularly, and I got the sense that there was like this, um, you get these sort of people, and I'm, I find it, he was older than me too, and I find this in, like, sometimes older single gay men, this, like, I need you to prove to me that you're interested. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of this, like, game of, like, you've got to jump through hoops and ladders to get me to, like, it's someone who's been, is jaded and has been put through the ringer too much. Okay. And I feel like they have, like, this, like, test, mm. you know, this barrier to entry sometimes. And this guy... He would reach out every few years and be like, I'm talking years. He reached out every few years and be like, are you still mad at me? I was like, I'm not mad at you. You just put me through this bullshit. Yeah. So finally he was like, well, you know, and then he reveals he has a car. And I'm like, so wait, so all of this of me having to come to you and all this stuff and cancel, because it was always me having to like travel an hour to get to him and he'd cancel right before. I'm Hmm. like, you have a fucking car. You could be here in 20 minutes. Like we've done this for how long? Yeah. And so finally he was like, I'm going to come over. Um... Would love to have sex, but like the deal, we got to go out for a drink after. I'm yeah. like perfectly fine. Right, right, right. Because he wanted more like a relationship thing, but I didn't trust him to be a relationship material because of how he's done this in the past. But mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? After the pandemic, everyone gets a mulligan. Like, <laughs> sure. like we all get to start from scratch. Yeah, we all get to start from scratch. So 
He comes over. We have, for me, the perfect sex. Yeah. It is everything I want it to be. Yeah. It is incredible. It is the same, like, the vibe that I want. He was a bit dumb, but kind. Like, I don't like a mean, rough dumb, but, like, you know, attentive, but, like, in charge. And, like, I'm looking at his face, and his facial expression is saying, dear fucking God, this is, like, incredible. Like, we end it, like... Well, we do that right, don't we? Mm-hmm, like, it mm-hmm, was like, mm-hmm. this was a long time in the making yes. for something this good. Yeah. And then we went to dinner. We went to drinks. And then we we're like, let's get dinner. Get to dinner. We were hand-holdy. Drinks after sex? Yeah, well, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to get railed by a 10-inch cock on a full stomach. Oh, wow. So Time management. So unusual for a hookup, isn't it? Well, Usually it's like, bye. Well, because we enjoyed each other so much, and then we were laughing and we were having fun. It was just one of those things where, like, let's go get a drink. Let's oh. go get dinner. We were walking holding hands. <sighs> it was like this whole thing, right? Yeah. And then we, like, make a second date. I go over to his place. We have sex again. I stay and we watch TV. And then it starts to turn because he's like – so this is my best because it was a phenomenal hookup. Right. But, like, he did the weird things where he's, like, puts on music and is, like, singing and, like, in my face singing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if he's expecting me to join in, but I'm like, this is, this is strange. Mm-hmm, please, mm-hmm. please stop. Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed for you. Please uh, stop. Uh-huh. Like in my head, I'm not saying this. Right. And then like he kept doing things that I didn't like, and then like tickling me or uh, like whatever. And I'm like, I really don't like that. Please. Like I was yeah. being nice about, it, but he like wasn't listening. He just yeah. kept doing it. Right. So like things just got a little like tense, terse. Uh, right. Right. But I was like, okay, I'll give it a. But the sex is so good. Right. So then I. You know, leave and I say, Hey, I had a really great time on text and a, a bit of a lie. But I was like, You know, let me know when you can meet again. We'll do. Never text me again. Oh, bummer. And it's just like, and then I reached out and I was like, Hey, you know, I, maybe it didn't work out on like a relationship, but like we have really good sex. I'd love to have sex again. And he was like, uh, It'll happen. I'm like, eh, Yeah, done out. Okay. Like, I'm not dealing with it. We're back to this like game and I'm not doing it. Oh, okay. Well, then. Mm. That brings me to my thing, kind of. Let's do it. All right. Um, I'll turn that. Thank you. Uh, I, so mine, it's like, I've got a buddy who, uh, it's just casual sex. Uh, It's happened like two or three times, but it's never like, uh, we don't go out of our way to plan it or anything. It's usually like whenever we're hanging out, like, oh, if this comes up, then hey, yeah, come through or whatever. Like, it's usually really organic. And also, there's a very, it's a mutual attraction. He's got a very, he might be one of the most girthy dicks I've ever taken, actually. Please send him my way. Okay, absolutely. It was, it's just, it's a thrill and it's something that- It's a thrill. You know? (laughs) um, (laughs) It's like, I didn't know until it came out of his pants and I was like, that, I win, I win! Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those. And anyway, but it's like, but we've also gone out for drinks with everybody and it's not happened that night or whatever, just because sometimes, you know, sometimes no or whatever. But it was a night where I was out with boys for the drinks and stuff. And there's also this like 6'3 dancer that we met at the bar and stuff. And he was kind of like saying hey to all the boys in the group and just chatting with everybody. And of course that can not, I, I mean, it could get competitive, but with my group of friends, it's just like, no, 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 go get it. I mean, if he's into you, go for it, go for it. And so he and my friend were kind of talking and the night's kind of starting to uh, thin out and people are going home and stuff. And we're like on the train back to Brooklyn. And my friend just kind of gives me the look of like, we're going to my place. Are you coming too? And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. So it was a hookup with my friend and a 6'3 dancer 
that was just like one of those threesomes that also just had great chemistry. Like everyone was just kind of like down to kind of like be clumsy in bed because it's three very like we're all above like five ten, like clunky in a bed, like like oh your foot just hit me in the face or whatever. But like at the same time we're just laughing, like being like fun about it, and the sex was good, and it was that, and then we all slept there, and then got up and went and had like greasy eggs and waffles in the morning, and it was just so fun. And then the reason that like what you said kind of like sparked another memory about it is that it was so like so 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 much fun that there could have been like that pressure to be like oh my gosh I hope we do this again da, 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 da. but then it was like oh maybe if it happens I would love that you know no pressure guys and it, there was like little flirty text messages here and there afterwards but it's still kind of like oh there's like something charming about a one hit wonder that everyone's just happy leaving and having it just be that one memory kind of thing I love that. I mean, that is like, I mean, one of the few things I've never done that is, I fantasize about all the time. I, I've never had sex too much. Like, I want to be spit roasted so bad. Yeah. I've never done that. I'm like, how does that escape to me? And I was like, it needs to happen soon. There we go. We're putting it into the universe right now. I think we're willing it. Well, I mean... You got close with that straight couple. Yeah, what's that called? It's not called spit roasting. It's called... Not at all, because you need two penises for... Right. right. But you were in the right position. Like, we were close. It's, you got yeah. close. There's got to be a creative word for that. There's enough perverts out there to create these words. I don't even know. Um. Um. I mean, I've been trying to make it happen with, like, two... You know, I mean, just like, I mostly have sex with straight guys in drag, just because I'm at... If I go on Grinder, it's like the crypt. I might as well be the crypt keeper. If I go on my app uh, as Sherry, I'm the unicorn. So, <laughs> so it's you know that's just the reality. Um, I would probably not have an easy time finding two gay men to hook up with. So I'm kind of like, well, maybe I could find two straight guys. They don't have to touch each other. <laughs> mm. And so that's what I could. There's this one. They can just guy high five, and then it's an Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tower. Yeah. There's this one guy from Chile who I met, who I've hooked up with a couple times, and he's super sweet and fun, and we laugh and giggle and whatever, and have the sex is fun. And he's like, "Yeah, I would totally be down for that." So we just have to find that third. Person. Gotta find that third person. I believe it's gonna happen. Like I just feel like that's yes. we're just it's inevitable. And the next time we chat, it's gonna be catching up on what. It, Yep. Put that on your vision board. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast. Oh my God, I'm going to put it on my vision board. <laughs> if, uh, totally. if you want it to be discreet, just put a picture of the Eiffel Tower. You'll know what it right. means. Right. You'll know. That is hilarious. <laughs> that that would actually be a good, I'm going to write that. I shouldn't say it. I'm going to put it in a script where it's someone's vision board. They're like, oh, do you want to go to Paris? I'm like, no, I want to get fucked by two dudes. <laughs> <laughs> That is so funny. I have to do that. Absolutely. Well, if you are if you are listening to this and you would like to be the third in the uh, eventual spit roast of Sherry Vine, or just uh, support her and see her her sh- her many her myriad shows and projects, Sherry, where can they find you? It'll make a great story too for the show. Um, <laughs> this summer, I am opening for Bianca Del Rio's unsanitized unsanitized tour in Europe and Tel Aviv. And then I'm doing Dirty 30, which is a sh- new show with Jackie Beat, celebrating our 30-year friendship of performing together. We're doing that all over the place. Then I have the tour of Potty Mouth, 
And then in August, we're doing Golden Girls Live on stage in Los Angeles. I'm doing the Atlantis Baltic Cruise. And that takes us to Labor Day. You could go on SherryVine.com to get all the information. And if I'm in a city near you. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our anniversary. I hope to see you when you're back in New York. I will make sure to get tickets. Thank you. And there's nothing I like better than waking up with a cup of coffee and talking about muff diving. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to say muff dive. I was trying to think of a combination between spit roast and muff dive is the name of yes. it. Yes. Okay, we'll, I was we'll, like... We'll, we'll, that's better than what I was thinking. I was like installing carpet. I don't know. Like yeah, I could not... Uh, um, uh, uh, what, what, what's Stanley Steamer carpet cleaner? <laughs> it's called a Stanley Steamer. Well, uh, <laughs> we're going to take a, a break to get our carpets cleaned, and uh, we'll be right back after to either leave you with love and light or pick a fight. Thanks, Sherry. Love and light, love and light. <laughs> <laughs> All right, today, as opposed to, you know, yesterday, your, your mood has been never bad. You're never in a bad mood. But it's definitely been like yesterday you were like on and popping, and mm-hmm. today you've been a bit more. I found that sweet spot of uh, sleepy and delirious that's kind of entertaining to me. Right. You, have, you know what I mean? Yes. And I was in that yesterday where I was having fun with everything for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and, and today's mood uh, has made you very conducive to fighting, so uh, let's yeah. pick a fight. Yeah, I'm more sleepy, so I have less patience. Let's fight. Um, I'm picking a fight with... So it's complicated because I think there is merit and value to this uh, normalizing of uh, neurodivergency obviously is an important thing because it's it's so helpful to get diagnosed and to kind of have vocabulary for what's going on. My issue with the slippery slope of this is that I th- I'm afraid there are like tweets that reference, you know, um, a, a specific neurodivergency. It, it could be anxiety or ADHD or any uh, list, any of them. And then a synopsis that is entirely relatable, but not entirely a diagnosis. And yet, now that I've seen so many tweets, I'm like self-diagnosing just because of the culture of how many of these Instagram accounts and Twitters exist of like ADHD problems or anxiety adult issues. And it's just like, oh, I don't know. Um... I always lose my keys. I'm like, what? Yeah, that's me. But is that that? Like, I'm like, I just feel like there's such a relatable post, but it's on these accounts that just make me question, like, oh, maybe this is. And you know what? Maybe I'm actually picking a fight with the fact that I probably do have like anxiety and ADHD and all of these things, and all of these websites are confirming it. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, it's it's like one of those. Um... ADHD was a big one. There was a couple years ago when everyone was like criticizing like like that Ridlin was being overprescribed. Mm-hmm. Of just this like you know everybody thinks they have so and so. Like maybe you're just bored. Maybe you're just busy. You yeah. Know? Like, well, it's like there was one that was like um, stress makes you uh, drop your priorities, and I'm like, yeah, duh. Yeah. But I mean, like, is that a symptom or is that like a telltale sign of anything? Like, I thought that was just experiencing stuff. Right. And I think to a degree, there might be just a gray area. Like, it might just be, like, this is a a thing you can kind of clock and bring up to a doctor, maybe. But, like, you're not, A, you're not supposed to be diagnosing yourself with Google or Instagram or Twitter. So that's, like, I'll own some of that problem. But because these posts go viral and I have to see them just by algorithmically being following adults my age, peers, gays, whatever, 
I now like it's always in my mind of oh fuck I've got that yep it's me I but I'm I'm and I might maybe it will be beneficial for me to like clock it and get it done that way but I also am afraid like what if this account is just foddering clicks and likes by posting something relatable right. hashtag some neurodivergency right I don't know I'm nervous well I am I'm flipping through my phone because I want to do something very specific um, I want to leave love and light because this is either close to or is the anniversary of Dying Alone Together. So I would like to leave love and light to all of our guests who have joined us. Yeah. Who have taken time out of their days to talk about sex, talk about relationships, talk about dating, to play games. I love, we had an incredible run of guests. And everyone's been so generous and down and I don't know. That's, right. it's really cool. So this is love and light. So if, if any, if you, if you joined us partway through this podcast, if this is the first one you've listened to, uh, there are so many great episodes to check out. Um, I may forget the people we've recorded recently and haven't released the episode with, but uh, so I would like to leave love and light to Sherry Vine, Ben Tracy, Mono Agapian, Dixie Crystals, Corey Etheridge, Brandon Salerno, Jim Silvestri, Joseph Patrick Conroy, J.R. Price, Brennan Savone, Dina Massery, Alec James, Oscar Montoya, Benji Bradshaw, Denny Patterson, Mel Lennon, Billy Mick, Freddie Cosmo, Brandon James Gwim from our live show. Jay McBride, Ebro, Jules Rommel, Jordan Burns, Joshua Frieda, Matthew Blum, Cody Maurice Doggett. Uh, then we had two hit shows. And then we've got uh, DJ Chauncey Dandridge, Will Cohen from History, Brittany Carney, Dan Kiernan, Marcus Zebra Smith, Vegas Valentine, Sean Farrick, who I'm hosting another podcast with, Gisela Moore, Jake Benjamin, Brittany Brave, Richard Jones, Danielle Cardona, Bryce Quartz, Marcel the Artist, Kenny Supreme, Frida Kulo, Aaron Jenkins, I'm sorry, Deshaun Aaron Jenkins, Honey Davenport, and then we've got another Sherry, Nicole Anadime. Um, who do we just do yesterday? Earth Tone, IKP, and <laughs> we do so many easy to match. Who did we interview after IKP yesterday? Oh, oh now it's gonna obvious hate us. that we're like this person is gonna hate like us. Dragging through the, um, it was a musician. I'm also sleep deprived. No, hold on, hold on. Let me. Let me. Oh, I don't even have it in my history. This person can be. So, a very special guest who was on recently, and the only one that I didn't mention who is now going to be very mad at me. Oh, recorded. Um, oh, we also haven't released DJ Ginger. And. Oh, yeah, there's others from other weeks. Steve Rodriguez from oh, Tag. Oh, damn it. Sorry, uh... Steve. <laughs> Too many. So, love and light to all of you. Uh, Make sure if you enjoyed this podcast, check out the others. Hit a like, hit a comment, hit a subscribe. It helps us reach more people. Let's make the second year even bigger than the first year. Um, you can also interact with us on Instagram where we are now taking questions, advice. We'd like to do one of those kinds of segments. So any anything you want us to discuss, any advice you need, any questions, drop them in our DMs, on our posts, as comments. We'll... we'll collect them and do a couple special episodes and you can do that on instagram at at dying alone podcast you can also find me at at jack tracy official and me under a bridge just kidding at jj bozeman <laughs> dying alone together is brought to you by necessary outlet productions you can find more from necessary outlet at www.necessaryoutlet.com or on the necessary outlet youtube page do not forget to like and subscribe